0: So, good evening. Pradjee had asked some question about the forests of Vrindavan and the presiding deities. Um, I don't know what more of an answer you want than what is found in Gopal-Tapani Upanishad. And my commentary there, which makes clear that that the text itself does not make very clear <laughs> who the presiding deities are of the twelve forests of Vrindavan, other than that they are all forms of Bhagavan, and they include the four forms of the famed Chaturvyuha, Krishna, Vasudev Krishna, Sankarshan, which is, means Krishna, and Ram, Balaram for Leela and Mathura, and Dharka. And, uh, Aniruddha, Aniruddha and um, Pradyumna, those four, eight more. Hmm? And um, Prabhupada and the Saraswati has, has implied that uh, they correspond with the, the presiding deities of the twelve rasas, five primary rasas and seven secondary rasas. That seems to be his own feeling about the matter, which at the same time seems to contradict the text because Pradyumna, Aniruddha, hmm? Are not two of the twelve presiding deities of the twelve rasas. and later it's mentioned that that he appears as Rudra to the to the samadhis, to the Rudras, or something, worshippers of, worshippers of Shiva, and, and different ways to the the Gandharvas and to the, this type and that type of gods and goddesses and so forth, which makes it more puzzling what the text is actually saying about them, so we have to really conclude that they're presided over by twelve different manifestations of Vishnu, of course different types of worshippers. And this is, you have to understand also the text Gopal Tapani, while it is in a sense a sequel to Isopanishad. Isopanishad is the god Upanishad. This is the the, uh, the uh, one, I should say, of the more specific uh, God or Vaishnava texts, much as God is primarily for the Vaishnavas in any eternal sense, the God Upanishad, the East Upanishad is broader. Then you have the Ram, the Tapani, the Shringa Tapani, Gopal the Tapani, the Krishna Upanishad, so on and so forth, which are more specific. So one of the more specific ones, arguably... Um, a sequel to the Isopanishad um, <clears throat> that identifies God most completely hmm, as Swami Bhagwan Sri Krishna. However, my point being at the same time, it's uh, it uh, while its subject is Gopal Krishna and sheds light on him, the meaning of tapani, uh it is not a text that brings out in itself all the richness of of Godia, Vaishnavism which is so um, centered on the Lila that it will draw um, things from the text and and things that aren't in in the text hmm? to speak about in, uh, in such a way as to shed light on the significance of Gopala. I mean it's I want to say what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation does in terms of shedding light on Gopal Krishna certainly exceeds that of Gopal Tapani, hmm? uh, which is does it in a broader way. So it hasn't really addressed, you can say, that point that it raises in a way that will satisfy the Gaudiya Vaishnav.
1: Hmm?
0: Um, and we're left with that. Hmm? So. In your question arose out of the discussion that um, regarding the the, the, the the tension between religious life and spiritual life that's part of the Gita, the beginning part of the Gita, there's a tension between a religious orientation to life and a, a spiritual orientation. There's a popular um, idea today in, uh, in the world that goes something like this. I'm not, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Hmm? So, whether, how well, what that means to many people, um, it probably means many things to many people. Of course, it means something to us. And uh, it means what Krishna says in the Gita, that if you want to love me, you have to give up your, your religion. And Prabhupada used to say, you don't have to give up your religion, but... <laughs> this is looking at it a little differently. You have to give up religion if you want to love Krishna. Sarvadharman paritya ca ekam sadanam braja. It means you have to give up a religious orientation to life hmm? and embrace a spiritual orientation to life. Hmm? And the difference between the two is that the larger section of people who are interested at all in God will be interested from a religious uh, perspective. Hmm? And this is a way in which we tend to uh, bring God into our human life and make him a factor, an important factor in our human life, that our human life will be better and improved. Hmm? Um, and that, as it's thought, I, in, in probably pretty much across the board, hm cross-culturally in all different religious traditions, that upon, with a religious orientation to life, my life on earth will be better. I'll have more food, I'll have more money, I'll have better children, better family, I'll be materially more happy, and I will go to, to heaven with my family. They'll also, we'll all be there in some way. Something like that. This is the general, and I think, as I say, this kind of, you probably find... Uh, pretty, something pretty similar or the idea that I can take material pleasures with me from here and, and multiply them many times over and, and go there and there won't be any repercussions. Hmm. I think the idea, personally I believe that the idea, my, my sense is the idea of heaven and such attainment uh, as a result of adherence to a religious orientation of life is most um, developed in Hinduism. Hmm. And so the same holds true, in my opinion, with regard to a spiritual orientation to life. But the idea is there. Hmm, um, they, they very much play themselves out in other religious traditions. The whole idea of karma. Well, someone may say, I don't believe in karma, I'm a, I'm a Catholic or a Christian, or I'm a—I'm a, a Muslim or something like that. The, the, the word has a number of ramifications, implications um, and it basically speaks about the idea that through a religious orientation to life, a pious um, life, a life um, of adherence to moral uh, really principles. Hmm? I should make a note here that while the religious life is meant to be an adherence to of uh, to to moral principles, it often gets deteriorates into an adherence to um, moral laws, if you will, that were made um, in times gone by, that may not uh, apply as well in the times in which we live, or may need to be adjusted. Hmm? In consideration of the time and the circumstances, in order that the principle behind them hmm, is actually fulfilled. Hmm? And so that's one of the reasons why a lot of people say, I'm spiritual but not religious, because religious life in many sects has deteriorated into an adherence to moral and religious codes that, that either were, had more Meaning in the times in which they were um, recorded in sacred texts, for example, or um, or uh, they have as much meaning now, but they're misun- misunderstood, and um, um, and so people follow laws without following kind of the idea of moral principles, which 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 means that. If with the application of reason hmm, and scriptural um, insights and so forth, we can arrive at what is the moral thing to do in this given circumstance. In other words, it's not that it's all written out for all time and all circumstance. It's a dynamic affair determining what is right and what is wrong. Hmm. And the world is full of uh, dilemmas and and uh, and uh, new uh, circumstances that uh, that uh, require a in the moment type of determination so even if we are doing that hmm, and determining the moral principles and applying ourselves in relation to them and so forth which is the religious life and we color our whole human, Experience with a religious um, shade, hmm? and uh, this is the karma idea. The the idea behind that is, uh, is that by pious acts, we will get good reactions, materially speaking. hmm? So, this is basically the principle of karma. We say, I don't believe in karma, but here it is. I believe, let's say I'm a Christian, I believe that if I do good acts, according to the Bible, of course they, I think they say acts alone or something won't, won't save you. So it has, there you're getting a little bit to the heart of it, but you follow the, um, the laws of God or, or whatever, as it's thought in the New Testament, whatever Jesus said, and, um, and you're basically a religious person and you get a good reaction. Hmm? Of course, it's not included within that text that your reactions will wear out in due course and again it will come down, but that is the very kind of nature of uh, our experience with regard to material acquisition. Our everyday experience with regard to material acquisition is that we acquire things hmm, and in due course we lose them. It's just the nature of the phenomenon. So... Um, so this is extended in the idea, the karma idea of uh, religious orientation in Hinduism. And it's not, our Kostor's, Kostor's ideas are not explicit in any way in um, perhaps other traditions, but I think you get the point hmm, that by doing good religious acts, I will get good. Results And the results they want are basically material. The concept often of the spiritual really is material. I'll get more material things, and my material goods that I like will go with me, something like that. So this is the basic religious orientation to life, and then there's the spiritual orientation to life. And Krishna, when he says you have to give up religion to... To, to come to me, it means you have to give up the religious orientation to life hmm? and become a mystic. Sarva-dhārman prattajāma mikam Sharanam brajā. You have to do sharanagati. It's a very different idea. Hmm? You have to give up what you want. Hmm? And uh, the whole varnashram is what you want based on your sense of self according to Varnana and Ashram, according to biological and psychological makeup. Hmm? So that's not going to get you too far in Krishna consciousness, hmm? which involves deconstructing the false ego and the idea that Mahabharata said, naam vipro na ca na sudro naam bani I'm not a Brahmin, I'm not a sudra, I'm not a sannyasi, I'm not a North American, I'm not a Central American, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, who's the lover of the gopis. So this is a whole different identity that in bhakti we cultivate. And bhakti is the high end and the full picture, really, of the yogic direction that, Arjuna, that Krishna wants to take Arjuna in. In the first six chapters of the Gita, so we were in discussing in the sixth chapter, hmm, the idea that one who's not perfect in their practice, what will happen to them? This was Arjun's question. If I give up the religious laws, hmm, and I pursue the spiritual life that you're advocating, but I'm not successful there, then what will, then I'll be the religious Reactions will come to me for forgoing the Dharma, and um, and I won't be successful in the in, in in the in the spiritual pursuit. So, Krishna very quickly assures him, "You don't have to think like that. And in spiritual life, you cannot be unsuccessful." And here he's speaking about yoga. He he's speaking about Ashtanga yoga mixed with some bhakti. And as we go forward in the direction of mysticism and and, and and spirituality as opposed to religious life, spiritual life, that Krishna is taking, Arjuna, we, we come to the full face of that in bhakti and this holds up that much more. So the section is really about yogis, what happens to them. If they're not successful, then they go to heaven. Then they come back down and born in a family where they can take advantage of yoga. Or if they're more expert, more, more perfected, but not quite then they may take birth in a family of yogis, hmm, of transcendentalists, in this world without having to go to heaven for uh, eight million four hundred thousand, whatever it is, years, <laughs> um, uh, for in- in- enjoyment. The the, the, the the one of the points that that I wanted to emphasize there, and not, well, know if, if I did, is that see the contrast here. If you perfectly perform the religious life perfectly. Hmm? you can get a result of going to heaven or becoming a Brahma, hmm? even above heaven. And the Gita says, Even from the brahma you have to take birth again, hmm? even if you become a Brahma. Hmm? And you don't go to bhakti, is the idea. Hmm? And not every Brahma does. There are Brahmas who are karmis, Brahmas who are gyanis, and Brahmas who are bhaktis. Hmm. It's been explained in the Bhagavatam. Bhagavat, Bhagavata. So Bhagavatam. So, so, from Brahma Loka even, they're coming down. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Therefore, the perfect execution of religious life, hmm. Hmm. what you can attain by that, the height that you can attain by that, can be attained by imperfectly engaging in the spiritual life. This is a very interesting contrast. So the power of spiritual life, when spiritual life, he's speaking about yoga, the one end of the spectrum, the religious end, the low end, if you will, you, you also have to do everything very perfectly, very right. In the karma mark, you have to do all the rituals right. You have to, and if you do anything wrong, you're culpable for that. And if you, if you, if you don't do it right, you're not going to get the right result. You might get the opposite result. So it's a very law-oriented, rule-oriented and as I often say, where there are rules, there is no love. Where there is love, there is no rules. So on the other end of the spectrum, you have bhakti and raga-bhakti. And the things that Krishna says about rag bhakti are so shocking mm-hmm. to those rooted in religious life that they want to in- in- interpret them away practically. When he says things like, apiched sudaracharo, vajatema hmm? hmm? that
1: if
0: My devotees... If if my devotees are sudarachar, hmm, achar means good behavior. hmm, hmm. Durachar means bad behavior. Sudarachar means very bad behavior. If my devotee does something very unbecoming, hmm, by chance, still he should be honored because he's properly situated, being my devotee. hmm. It's a heavy statement even many devotees who have some attachment to the religious idea and to purity over bhakti hmm, have a hard time digesting that kind of these kind of statements krishna is very emotional in that part of the gita this is the central part of the gita He's speaking about his devotees about about bhakti he makes this kind of statement hmm. so even if you do it wrong you, not only if you do the practices wrong but you do something wrong <laughs> hmm? uh, misbehave and so see, so uh, it's it's to make um, the point hmm? it has a beginning hmm, emphasis here in this section of the Gita he also mentions it of course when he first starts to talk about yoga in the second chapter when he says. <inaudible> mahatobayat. Here he's speaking about bhakti. When he begins, second chapter, he begins to speak about spiritual life again. He wants to take Arjuna from a religious orientation to a spiritual orientation. And Arjuna has given very many religious reasons for not doing the bidding of Krishna and participating in the war. And Krishna begins to speak to him about the atma, atma-gyan, the difference between the self and the body. Mm-hmm. And when he finishes that section, he begins to speak about yoga. And he begins to speak about yoga. He first speaks about bhakti. Then he goes, in a, in a nutshell, this is one verse: "Neyabukumanaashusti, pratyaya nirvidutees, phalopamupi The full sense of this, that 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 um, what is gained by spiritual practice is never lost. This is there in relation to bhakti. Mm-hmm. So. Then he goes on to speak about nishkam karma yoga and the whole then development of what the, the proverbial yoga ladder and at the end, Arjuna is ready to practice yoga, to be a yogi, to be a... He's ready uh, practically to be a devotee. Hmm? And um, and he has this reservation and Krishna says, such is the nature of the path, you cannot fail. Hmm? Hmm. This is very, very encouraging. With very affectionate terms he says, my dear son, you cannot, don't think like that. Hmm? Sridhar Maharaj, Pujipa Sridhar Maharaj once rendered the verse, uh, sincerity is invincible. Hmm? With sincerity, the sincerity of your heart we we give ourselves hmm? that will give us, afford us purchasing power. Hmm? Sincerity implies a giving of the heart, hmm? as the, the a surrendering of oneself. This is we we depicted it like this. The other day. as opposed to, in bhakti, as opposed to yoga, still trying to hold on and control. Um, this is let let him take charge. Hmm? Let him let his position be what it is, and let it be known. Hmm? It's also a way of telling others: let it be known. Hands raised, bahuduli, bhudhuri. Mm. raise your hands chant the name of Krishna Chaitanya so so the power of spiritual life hmm? the uh, we should not be discouraged Narada says it another way in the Bhagavad to uh, to we ask mm. the, the question arises what if I try this and I'm not successful he says, better you tried it and fell than you didn't try at all. Because wherever you fell, you'll get back up and go from there. Hmm? Such is the nature of the real spiritual progress. Because it has to do with the self, hmm? which is eternal. It's a nurture hmm? of our nature. We have a certain nature hmm? that allows us to be nurtured. Hmm? We could be nurtured in a sense, as I have often explained, by the material environment, the result of which is a material personality and differences and likes and dislikes and so forth. Um, but that is very superficial because it doesn't really doesn't really nurture the atma, so to speak. But it's it, it's an environment, nonetheless. An environment uh, nurture has a has a positive connotation to nurture someone, but it can have a negative. Connotation too, we may be nurtured in a way that's counterproductive, Hmm? Um, and against our real interest. And we may turn out to be a bad person because we lived in a bad house and an environment and had bad association and so forth. So, um, in that sense, the material nature is is provides a nurturing environment for the self to express and. Aspects of itself that without an environment cannot. The fact that the self is an agent, it's a doer, it has will, it can only be expressed in relation to an environment. If an environment is provided, then we can exercise our will in relation to it, for example. So on the other side, as we've often heard, bhakti, the srupa shakti, provides another environment to nurture us. And And um, yoga, jnana, with a little bit of bhakti, these, these these, are, as opposed to karma, nishkam karma, hmm, jnana, yoga, ashtanga yoga, as mentioned, in the eighth chapter, sixth chapter, and eighth chapter of the Gita, and, and bhakti. These are all have, have some direct nourishing of the atma. So, you can understand, the results will be enduring because they are in relation to something that is enduring. If the results are in relation to the material body, hmm? That's not something that's enduring, so arguably the results will not endure. So this, so the spiritual life uh, uh, is a direct kind of nurture of the self, and bhakti is the full measure of the nurture, which, which the result of which, of course, is you can develop and you will develop a spiritual personality, hmm. and. Um, a particip- opportunity to participate in Leela and so on and so forth. So you asked a question about that. The verses themselves are talking more directly about yoga. Prabhupada <coughs> renders them in a bhakti-like way, which he, you know, tends to do. He either paints everything Mayavad or or, or Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. These are his kind of emphases. So um, if it's talking about spiritual life and sacrifice, it'll be Namsan kirtan. And, if, and uh, uh, it's talking about yoga. It'll be bhakti yoga for the most part. This thing, you find this throughout his, his Gita. So he's using it to emphasize the, the two important sides. Krishna's 2 Bhagavan Swayam. If you don't know this, you cannot attain rag bhakti. This is right there in the center of the Gita when Krishna says, am mm. sarvasya mata sarvam pravartate. iti babajante mam buddha bhava samandita. To have the Requisite type of the feelings and the, 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 the um, sadhana, the practice hmm, that will um, give rise to rāgasam um, You have to know. I am the source of everything. He's saying, I am swayam bhagavān. It means you have to know the center. You have to know, if you want to give... Completely. Absolutely. And this is the secret of life, of course, that we grow and life moves progressively by giving, not by taking. This is very counterintuitive, I guess. I guess it's intuitive, but it's not... It it, it, it is intuitive, but it's not... um, It's counter-logical. It would seem that if we give, we would have less. Hmm? But if we give of ourself we grow. Mm? The heart expands mm? in giving. And it contracts while taking. When it contracts, we become small-minded. Mm? The mind is the reflection of the heart. We become mean-spirited. Mm? And when it expands, the mind becomes open. There are other, There are more than one ways to think about a thing, more possibilities, and there's much room for kindness. Because mm? as the heart grows and expands, we become happy, full. Mm? So the self, I'm I am say heart, but I mean the self, it it, it it contracts or it expands. I don't mean literally, but um, we become a bigger person hmm? by giving. We grow by giving. So life moves in this way, mystically, hmm? counter-logically. Hmm? You think, if I give, I'll have less. But if you give, you have more. But the secret of life there is for us to give, and to give without any expectation of return And in order to do that we have to find that who that center that can take hmm, completely this idea of Krishna. Therefore he's depicted as the supreme enjoyer. He can take everything. He's Narayan is there. Lakshmi Narayan. How is Krishna depicted? By Brahma. Lakshmi Sahasatasam Brahma Sevamanu. We have to understand what that means. Narayan is there with Lakshmi in Vaikuntha. And Krishna? Lakshmi sahasrasatah. Some Brahma Two things are mentioned here. Very nice. It means, it's a, making a contrast. And Brahma is making the statement. So, he's got four heads. He's thought it out. and <laughs> a very experienced person. There is Lakshmi Narayan. There is one Lakshmi, one Narayan. And Lakshmi sahasrasatah. In Vrindavan there are hundreds and thousands and millions of Lakshmis and one Krishna. Lakshmi Sahasrusata Sambrama Sevyamano. There are many Lakshmis in relation to Krishna and Sambrahma Sevyamano. They have very different mood from Lakshmi. Hmm. Lakshmi is serving obediently with some affection. Massaging the lotus feet of Narayana. Hmm? But the Lakshmis of Vrindavan, they are, they, 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 have, they are examples of Prema Madhurya. Hmm? This is one of the qualities of Krishna. He has four qualities that Narayana does not possess. Venu Madhurya, Prema Madhurya, Leela Madhurya, Rupa Madhurya. Madhurya means here, sweet. Sweet means like hu- human-like hmm? and charming. He has a venu madhurya. He has sweet flute.
1: Hmm?
0: This is his weapon that he plays. Hmm? And and he has rupa madhurya. Very sweet form, two-arm form. Hmm? Dvibhujya Krishna. He has Leela Madhurja. The Leelas of Krishna. They are very sweet. Hmm? And everybody likes them. Hmm? How many Leelas have you heard of Narayan? <laughs> what are the Leelas of Narayan in Vakunta? You can't even say one. <laughs> yeah? he, he avatars, he descends, it's Baraha and the string. We know some of those Leelas and so forth. Hmm? But all of them put together are not as sweet as one. One Vrajalila of Krishna. Very sweet. And sweet means, ultimately, it means Rasalila. Hmm? And so all the Lakshmis are there. And what is their mood? Hmm? This is very different from Bhakundi. So they are the quantity of Lakshmis and the quality of Lakshmis. Hmm? Very different hmm? in Krishna. Hmm? What's the point? i going to offer... Lakshmi, Sahasya, Brahma, Mahalo Krishna is two Bhagavan Swayam. so you have to know this point to give and to love comprehensively hmm? he, he is depicted as the center, the supreme enjoyer hmm? Narayan has Lakshmi so if you've got money, you're, you're good. Right? Lakshmi, in the sense, means like this. If you have money, then you're good. You, you can, you can, you can enjoy. Hmm? So Narayan has Lakshmi. Krishna has hundreds of thousands of millions of Lakshmis. Hmm? And they have a different quality altogether. This means he's the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? So he can, he can take unlimitedly. So if we want to give unlimitedly, we have to find someone who can take unlimitedly. This is why this is such an important point. Hmm? And that is what the Leela is about. There, There is no self, sense of self. Hmm? Hmm? It, is a, it is a position of not self-sacrifice, but self-forgetfulness. Hmm? Wholly identified with the object of love, with Krishna. Hmm? They've, they've turned Krishna into one of themselves, into, the, into Braj. Hmm? He's a Brajapasi so these as I say Prabhupada wrote his gita like this Krishna's two Bhagavad Gita took every opportunity to, to speak about this and bhakti and, and on the other side any opportunity or he created opportunities to dismiss mayavad in very kind of strident terms at, at, at times because you have to get this out of your head at heart this mayavad idea to be a devotee hmm? So, in that section of the Gita, frog chanting, in that section of the Gita, in the sixth, sixth chapter, the Prabhupada, of course, speaks about it in terms of bhakti. And he very candidly applies it to himself, which is very interesting. Kule bhavati dhimahi, one who, who is, after long time practicing, After a short time practicing and not being fully successful, goes to heaven for a long time. Then it comes back and continues where they left off. It means just, as I said, faulty practice for a short time in real spiritual life will give you the results of full and perfect adherence to the religious life. This should help encourage us. (laughs) <laughs> He's trying to get Arjuna to go in the right direction here. Hmm? You're giving arguments from a religious perspective. Hmm? We're talking about something else here altogether, about spiritual life. So, and then if you, you are, you have to practice for a long time, hmm, but not attaining perfection. The Gita says, one takes birth in the family of transcendentalists. So Prabhupada very candidly says, and this is my situation. Hmm? I took birth in a family of transcendentalists and I had the opportunity to engage in Krishna Bhakti from childhood and so on and so forth. Hmm. Once Prabhupada called me to his room out of the blue and he said that when I was a boy I wanted to have a Yatra I wanted to go to Puri so he was just a boy so he couldn't go to Puri so my father bought me a small Rothkart. Hmm? These are the toys of India at the time hmm? for the kids of rath Rothkart. And I used to pull the Rothkart and perform Rathyatra. Hmm? He said I would keep it by my bedside and I would wake up and reach out, touch it, make sure it was there. Hmm? I was so attached to that. And then I would do Rathyatra. And he said, and neighbors would come, participate. And they thought I was playing. And he looked at me with his big eyes and said, but it was real. Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing, he said, in all over the world, in the different countries and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's explaining this natural affinity for Krishna Bhakti from his childhood. And he, in his own candor, um, explains himself therein as a sadhana-siddha. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they... Disciples like to consider him minute itti and so forth. And they can consider it as they like, but on other occasions also, Prabhupada indicated that he had a previous birth as a doctor and he performed no sins. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we take him for his own statements in the matter. And to be a sodomized siddha is a most glorious thing. Yeah. Most glorious. And most typical. Because means that eternally perfect they are associates of Bhagwan. They come when Bhagwan comes. Hmm? For them to come when Bhagwan is not has not descended, as Krishna has not descended, that would be a curious situation. It's not impossible. Hmm? Uh, it's possible, but not the not the norm. Hmm? And Prabhupada himself said, of course, when asked, which is better, sadhana-siddha or nitya He said, siddha means siddha. doesn't matter. No matter how. Mm-hmm. Siddha means perfect. However, you become by sadhana or if you are eternally perfect in the spiritual world. There is a difference going there. Hmm? Going there. There are nitya-siddha jiva, tattva. There's nitya-siddha devotees that are, of course, constituted of shakti hmm? And they have different, slightly different... Status than the sadhana-siddhas, but not a status that 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 is different in terms of the experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are who they are, but their experience of the bhava that they pursue, that they desire, that is that they have opportunity to pursue through guru parampara, they experience it fully: sakya bhava, madurav, maduras, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, prabhupada applies this to bhakti and. Maybe we were talking about it a little bit along those lines as well. You asked the question, what happens, what is the position of the devotees, the, 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 the associates of Krishna, hmm? Sakiras devotees of Krishna that come from heaven, because it's mentioned in Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu in the section on, on, on that the associates of Krishna playing with him in Sakiras come from three sections. They come Nityasiddhas, they come with him. They come from the heaven mm-hmm. or they come from this earth having done sadhana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, There's not much else said there. Yeah. Jiva Goswami says that both, those coming from heaven, those coming from earth, are sadhana siddhas. So when we look at that from the bhakti perspective, when we look at it from the yoga perspective, it's very clear that Krishna says if the yogi is not perfect and has not practiced for a long time, goes to heaven. In one sense, as I say, there's a point being made here, and it's the point I have made. The contrast between the two orientations, a religious orientation, oh God, give me my daily bread, and a spiritual orientation, let me put myself in the fire of self-sacrifice, which begins even with Nishkam Karma Yoga. I'm going to give up. I'm going to do the, the things that I like to do, but the fruits of them, I'm going to give them up. Hmm. I'm, not going to, I'm not going to chase after the fruits, which will make my life go up and down, up and down. I'll look for equipoise hmm. and balance by doing the duties because they should be done, hmm. regardless of what the fruits may be. Hmm. This is coming to yoga. Yoga. Hmm. So he, and again, he wants to push Arjuna from a religious orientation to a spiritual orientation. So, in one way, he's making a point. Hmm? The, the details of which are not as important. Does he go to heaven? How long does he stay there? When does he come back? Well, it's worth worth talking about. But the main point is: even imperfectly performing the yoga practice, spiritual practice, you're better off than a whole life or many lives hundred lives perfectly performing the Varnashram duties, you can become a Brahma. A Karma Brahma. You're better off imperfectly practicing even Ashtanga Yoga mixed with some Bhakti. So, it's clear that we should go in that direction. As far as morality goes, the, 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 the spiritual person is a moral person. In bhakti, he or she determines the moral principle, the moral law by what is favorable for bhakti, what is not favorable for bhakti. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Therefore, sometimes it's difficult to understand the Vaishnavas. Mm -hmm. Gopis are the prime example. (laughs) They appear to be violating the Dharma, but it's favorable for bhakti, because Krishna's called them in the night, so they go. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's only an appearance. Again, to make the point. So, um uh, you asked anyway what, what was the position of these devas coming to take birth in the in the in the Lila Krishna and in other words if they're in heaven they must be devotees who after a short time were not perfect and went there so we don't have an, an answer from shastra per se but again i might have said something like I forget what i said they, they go there they stay there Krishna comes once in the life of Brahma. Hmm. Maybe special concession at that time. Or it may be that it, so they come then to the Leela. Hmm. Or, as because Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami said they're sadhana siddhas, it means that ordinarily the heavenly life is not one of spiritual practice. But ordinarily one goes there, hmm. not by spiritual practice but by religious adherence. Hmm. So obviously then, if you've gone there because you're a religious person, when you get there, you're going to reap the fruits fruits of your religious life and a religious orientation in life is one that is not interested in spiritual life. Religious orientation, orientation in life is one in which I'm willing to give up some things to get more things. But to give up myself, <laughs> that'll give me a heart attack. Even if my son wants to give himself... And you can say it's okay to be religious, but I mean to shave your head and go there and live with Madhavan? isn't that a little extreme? Hmm? And uh, I've seen this even in even devo- even in devotee families ha- happen. Hmm? Unfortunately, <laughs> you'd think it would be the last place, but but ordinarily it's it's not uncommon. I mean to say that a religious orientation will find itself at odds with the spiritual orientation. Again, as I mentioned the other night, the Jews crucified Jesus. Because hmm? he was speaking about the heart of spiritual life and they wanted him just to follow the laws and shut up or whatever, be a good Jew and just carry on and so forth. He was, he was, he was revolutionary. He was causing a disturbance. He was making people uncomfortable. Hmm? He said things like, you know, what, what, give up, follow me, something like that. I don't never read the Bible, but he said some, make some strong, strong statements there. So, he, there is a, there is a, a spiritual core to that text that's often like, makes people uncomfortable. I'll give you an example, another example of that. Years and years ago I was, um, living in, in Prabhupada's mission. In, in his sh- temple in Chicago. And um, I was, well I was spending some time there and, and I was giving lectures and a couple moved in nearby and they, they were husband and wife and the husband was a, I think a, a, maybe a Methodist or a Lutheran, Lutheran minister. I think it was a Lutheran minister. Mm-hmm. She was a, from a Catholic family but they married and that's a long story of course. But she used to see the devotees coming in and out of this, this building, and she was curious. She was an educated, thoughtful person with keen spiritual interest, and um, so she, she she came over to the temple. And she used to like my lectures, mm-hmm. and um, a very nice lady. And she's she's I saw her recently, not maybe last year or so. I was Chicago, and she. She she told me she went home and wept afterwards to see me in saffron robes and thought she, she's she's the devotee actually she's a very nice lady so anyway she would go home and tell her husband over there over this young guy is over there he's saying this you know and uh, he's preaching like this and of course you know we're preaching spiritual life and and there's a element of renunciation and uh, and, and so forth in there that you don't find in the standard Lutheran lecture and so her husband began to factor these real strong spiritual kind of ideas into his lectures and all the old ladies and men who were part of the congregation became very uncomfortable with the new minister (laughs) and they complained to the bishop and they had him transferred to the Bahamas (laughs) go preach to the natives, you know not to us you know they don't have anything you can preach to them. They can give things up. We've got things and we want things. It's kind of the idea that they're ready to crucify him, hmm, practically. So, oftentimes the religious orientation cannot recognize hmm, the spiritual application, really, of the heart of the religious tradition and it's at odds with it. Hmm. So, so Krishna trying to pull Arjuna in that direction but my point is that here also that in relation to your question that that those who are religious they will go to heaven hmm, for material reasons and they have no reason to be interested in spiritual interested in spiritual life in heaven so the n- normal course is you don't do sadhana in heaven hmm? because what you where you go will depend on what you do now what your sadhana is that will determine your Siddha Hmm? So, if your practice same principle, if your practice is for material acquisition, property marg, hmm? then the place you go to, that's what you'll be involved in there. You have you have no no more impetus in heaven to practice spiritual life than you would on earth. Hmm? So, by contrast, then one who goes there by spiritual practice, it's arguable that they. Obviously, they carry their spiritual interest with them. They'll be a little out of place in heaven, and there, there, there's, 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 there's nothing that um, uh, that prohibits or precludes the possibility of their continuing their practice there. Although it's not as thought to be as conducive, the reason it's not thought to be as conducive heaven to spiritual practice as Earth is because there's only good things there. Hmm? Here you get the good and the bad. Hmm? You see the contrast. You see the impossibility of the world. Hmm? There is an illusion. You don't see the impossibility. You see only the good. Hmm? There are no spiders with flies caught in the web. There are no snakes with frogs in their mouth that you see. And you think, do I take the frog out of his mouth? And starve the snake, or what? What do I do here? <laughs> this is this is the world. You you, this, you press down here, it goes up here. You press down here, it comes up here. It's not. A, it's not that we're interested in changing in solving the problems of the world. We're interested in solving in ending the world of problems. We don't want to solve the problems of the world. We want to end the <laughs> the world. Is the world means this these um, impossible impossible situation. Hmm? So in heaven, this is a corner of the world where you take only the good things, hmm, the happy things, and put them there. So you don't get the whole picture. But if you've gone there by spiritual practice, then you know that picture already. Hmm? So arguably, they can take advantage. Hmm? Um, perhaps some become sit there. It's also possible. It would be exceptions. Or they're there they say, Krishna-lila comes mm-hmm, and their time for leaving has not expired and that's a special concession they come from there as sadhana-siddhas. So, mm-hmm. Then further the question comes how much this Prabhupada, as I said, has applied this to bhakti. Mm-hmm, how much it applies to bhakti? probably used to do that and, and think of it in, in, those, in those terms. And uh, he even said sometimes when some of his disciples passed away and others asked about his destination, he said,
2: oh, he, you know,
0: was pure, he will go to Krishna. If not, he will go to heaven, he come back. But it does, technically speaking, speak about yoga sadhana mixed with, 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 with bhakti. And so if we were to look at the destination of the hmm, it's possible to be concluded in that, hmm? um, or it's possible that he, you know, <laughs> even after s- little practice, hmm, he might take birth in, in the family of devotees and earth, which is said to be more conducive. Still, doesn't answer your question as to what, what's the position of the, of the cowherds, uh, 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 sadnisidas in heaven. Hmm? I don't think Jeeva Goswami knew the answer either. <laughs> he hasn't elaborated upon that. Hmm. So I wanted to address your question further <laughs> as to the
1: uh,
0: uh, inability to answer it uh, in one sense comprehensively. So, any questions here? Yes. I
1: Sometimes when it's hard, too soft, it becomes like an obstacle to devotion. So, it's like we saw an example of Radhika, Baradwaja. So, is that, I mean,
0: is that weakness of the heart, or what is the difference between? So the question is that bhakti softens the heart, hmm. and that's good. But then sometimes, if you have too soft of a heart, then it's a weakness and you might be sentimental. Let's say you might be at then you gave the example of Bard, he became attached to a to a deer because a deer lost its mother and was in the forest and became attached to a deer and as a result he was born as a deer. Hmm? So you're looking for some resolution to this kind of apparent contradiction. We want to soften the heart, but if the heart becomes too soft then hm, could be a problem. No, but that's that's not uh not the case a um, uh, weakness of heart is very different than the softness of heart that that, that prem is characterized by this is one of the characteristics of prem, uh the marginal characteristics a melting of the heart hmm? so weak heart uh, her diadu this is an artha hmm? and it arises out of not having uh a clear understanding of the siddhanta.
1: Hmm?
0: As I often say, we should use our head, and we should use our head fully, Hmm? but not in such a way that that, that what we do with it just stays between our ears. We should use our head in such a way as to soften our heart. So when we use our head to soften our heart, hmm? for example, by learning, learning about the canvas, on which the art of Krishna Leela is drawn, <coughs> hmm?
1: Hmm?
0: that we want to participate in, hmm? uh, then the, the heart will be soft but not weak hmm? in a way that uh, is, uh, uh, constitutes some form of sentimentalism that lacks discrimination, you uh, know, the, the, the very uh, differentiation between the weak heart of the Kanishta, the weak faith, and the firm faith of the intermediate devotee is discrimination, the ability to discriminate within the context of bhakti. Hmm? What sadhanta, What is not? What is good association? What is not? To be able to make that kind of discrimination is what calls our progress at a certain stage. Hmm? When we get to perfection, of course, then there's a lack of discrimination, and we are good association, and everything becomes good association. <laughs> because everything reminds us of Krishna in any situation, so that's never a problem. But in the middle stage, you have to have, to protect your devotional life, have good association, you have to make, have this fine power of discrimination, and this all involves using your head to study the scriptures and to learn from sadhus. That's what we should do. We should listen, learn. And then, then we can, as I say, use our head to soften our heart. <clears throat> And so it's a soft heart, but it's not a weak heart. Hmm? And the weak heart that you talk about, the soft heart, but it is an appearance of a sweet of a soft heart that lacks discrimination. For example, someone says, "Well, why can't we all just chant?" You know, I don't like this. So, you know, there's this philosophical discussion going on, and someone is saying, "This is the Siddhanta. Someone say, "No, this is the Siddhanta. Hmm? And so someone is citing the text, you know, the, and the person says. And so somebody says, "I don't like you know this. Hmm? It makes me uncomfortable. Everybody should get along. Can't we just chant?" Hmm? Hare Krishna. Um, this is kind of a weaker faith. Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami tells us just the opposite. It, in face of controversy, and he's making a point of Siddhanta. He's making the point, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Hmm? And he says this is a controversial point, and he makes his case for it. And he says. After that, he says, don't shy away from such discussion hmm, because it will actually strengthen you. hmm? It will strengthen your character, strengthen your faith. That's why you see there's this this very interesting paradox between nishta hmm, in in the stage of nishta. Nishta means fixed, firm. Right? And it's characterized by chinatapi, sunnichana, flexibility. Firmness of nishta is characterized by the flexibility,
1: hmm?
0: because in, in in this, as I as I've said elsewhere, in nishta, the road ahead, hmm, which was like this, in anishta Bhajanakri, it was curved. It was like up and down, up and down. Before your practice was steady, oh, I was successful. I paid good attention to chanting. Oh, today I didn't pay good attention. It was up and down, hmm? or is it going like this? In Nishta it becomes straight. Hmm? But it doesn't become narrow. Hmm? So you think, oh, it's straight. Whew. But it's not narrow. Because you thought, Krishna consciousness is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, hundred, and eight. This is what it is. Hmm? In Nishta you realize, the course is straight. I know where to go now. My ideal is fixed. Hmm? But the road's not narrow. It's broad there are many ways to interpret different different texts and there are different ways to apply oneself and so you, you become you have to become flexible hmm? and um, open minded to explore the implications the ramifications of the, of the scripture you have now some reasoning about your faith and some ability to reason about it and and and, and extract the essence the the, the spirit of the law from the letter of the law. Hmm? So this nishtha is characterized, as I say, by being fixed but being flexible. These two seem contradictory to one another. Hmm? So the soft heart hmm, is there in one who is clearly living within the parameters of bhakti-siddhānta the siddhanta bhakti, who's on the canvas, not off the canvas. Hmm? So, that's why I say, use your head to, to soften your heart. Hmm? Um, and and the intermediate stage is, is is characterized, as I say, in many ways by discrimination. Discrimination means, again, you're using your head. So, uh, weak heart, weak faith, that's the kunishta hmm? Firm faith, that's the the Madhyama, firm faith and comprehensive understanding of the sacred text. This is Uttam orientation to bhakti, hmm? which we'll more readily call our progress as we go up the ladder. Hmm? Bharat Marj is another thing. Hmm? Bharat Marj's weakness, he became attached to a deer and so forth. This is called Shobhana Karma. Hmm? He's in bhava, so... He's a siddha. But it is said in in the commentaries in Bhagavad that, he, that Krishna sometimes uses such devotees. And he, when Krishna gives them karma that's not theirs, and they do something that seems odd, he uses them to teach others. And therefore, if you follow it out, sometimes, in other words, the point is that things happen to devotees that you think, he's a devotee, that shouldn't happen to him. Uh Uh-oh. I thought Krishna protected his devotees. But if you play it out, you see, oh, it has an extraordinary ending. Hmm? Then, you know, it's not an ordinary event. So, Bart got attached to the the fawn, to the young deer. Hmm? He took birth as a deer. It sounds pretty bad. Hmm? But he remembered his previous life. And deers are known for what? Hearing. I can hear for very good from a long distance. So what did he do? He took birth as a deer. He lived in the forest and listened to the Bhagavatam recited by sages Hmm? his whole whole life Hmm? with no distractions. Hmm? So this is not an ordinary you made a mistake, you have to be a deer type of situation. You look at the whole thing and you say, oh, there's something some other arrangement, we call that shobana karma. Hmm? Shobana means beautiful. It means it's not good karma. It's arranged by Krishna hmm? for making a point. And the point in one sense is you should pay attention and you shouldn't get distracted and so sometimes the story is explained like that. Hmm? That in your devotional life you should be very strict And and there's many opportunities to be distracted so you should protect yourself and stay in good association, and so forth. So anyway, there's a difference between a weak heart and a soft heart. Hmm. What else?
2: We were reading in Sri in the morning. Yeah. The, the question was about Kavachas, and and Sri went on and kind of said, he went on saying that you shouldn't look for protection at all, you should just serve Krishna in all circumstances and forget about asking for protection, or Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, it just seems strange because you know going to Krishna for protection is one of, you, is one of the angas of, of Sharanagati and the brujbasis are constantly crying out to Krishna mm-hmm. for protection mm-hmm. from demons and the mm-hmm. rain and all this type of thing and Shimarsh was very very much saying that you know it's not you know it's not pure to ask for protection you should be willing to you know, get crushed by a boulder beginning you know, <laughs> in the course of your service so I
0: thought it was kind of I don't know I was saying. in Sharanagati there, the, the, the the mood that corresponds with Rakshakshasthiti that Krishna is my protector is Vishwas Vishwas means confidence hmm? it, it means I have confidence Krishna will protect me I have confidence. I don't have to look elsewhere, outside, even to the with a Kavacha, hmm, or anywhere else. This is one way in which devotees look for protection. And of course, he is the protector of the Senkirtan, and, and uh, he show, shows that. He's shown, shown himself in Gorlila in that way. The Mudunga is his favorite instrument, and, and so forth. He chastised the Shankazi. He's there, but... Hmm, but anyway, the in charanagati there's a confidence, Krishna will protect me. Um, I guess you can say there's a there, there's a praying that Krishna will protect me. You, 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 uh, I don't know if we um, uh, we see that in the Brajlila leela as much as, for example, Indra. Hmm? They just do what Krishna says. They have confidence in Him. Hmm? The protection is more of a confidence. Maybe that is the way Sridhar Maharaj is speaking about it. Um, and also, perhaps, I wasn't there this morning, but I I remember him speaking along those lines. Also, perhaps, he may be emphasizing the idea that um, we don't want to employ Krishna as our protector from material circumstances, but we want him to protect uh, our kind of devotional life to keep us in the fold or Something like we don't want to employ Krishna in, in, in our service, in our situation. We want, we just tolerate our circumstances and, and so forth. But, that said, I think it is useful to, in one sense, to pray to Krishna for protection when you feel you need protection because in the very least, you will develop a samskar for calling out to Krishna in all circumstances. <laughs> yep, and that's useful. <laughs> That's useful. So I, I think he, I think what you say is 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 valid. I think you're just talking about it in a particular way. Hmm? That you should have maybe I, I heard him say like 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 in this context like Kunti Devi invited calamities. Hmm? Let them come. It's All right, let them come because they remind us of Krishna and Krishna's remembrance of Krishna will free you from the biggest calamities of birth and death so whatever happens it doesn't matter in, in that kind of spirit there's a, there's a place for that as well if for, for Krishna's service I have to tolerate something I don't ask for Krishna to protect me it's it's, or it's, or it's difficult hmm. uh, of course we do sometimes give me the strength that let me do this service and so forth so a little Contradiction, but I think that he's, as I say, wasn't there, but I think he's stressing maybe the idea not to employ Krishna in your daily affairs. Mm. Of course, if your daily affairs are all devotional, then it's hard to avoid. But, yeah. Did he mention kavachas and... Did you, did you say that?
2: Well, the question started by there about mm-hmm. the the Kavachas and Srila Shri Kind of
0: took it a little far, huh?
2: Yeah, you know, I think in, I've heard him say like, "Well, you should just go to Krishna for protection." Yeah. But then this, in this instance, mm-hmm. went further and said, "Actually, you shouldn't go to Krishna. You shouldn't ask Krishna for anything, even protection. You should be prepared to." Yeah. So there's just. You know,
0: yeah, maybe in the spirit of Das was you know doing his bhajan and hmm, in the sun and when Rūpa Sanatana saw that Rādhārāṇī was coming and holding an umbrella over him, so he chastised that we should build a hut. Hmm. Rattarani coming, protecting you hmm. like this. Hmm. That's bad. Uh, that's kind of the spirit I think, in which he's talking about it. Hmm. There's the other example of the, the sweet rice. Hmm. Was it Sannatvasami? Yeah. Um, you no, know, someone.
2: Had, someone had given him root, I think. Some sweet rice. The he made the sweet rice.
0: Nasananda was so pleased with that. And then where'd to get the ingredients so oh, from this girl? Then Sanat realized, Radharani has come, brother, you've agreed you've taken service from her. It's in that spirit. I don't want to take service from Krishna, I want to serve Krishna. But beyond that, yeah, with the Sringa and this and Ganesh and the take exclusive Sarvadamar Patyaja, Ma may come, Ma may come. Only me, take shelter of me. This is this is Nishta, the beginning of Nishta. Only me. Hmm? And and real experiential spiritual life. Hmm? All right. Sri Sri Dajigopal Gopal ki jai, Gaur Nityananda ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivrinda ki jai, go Premanandi.